Well, good afternoon. It's uh, Clover here, and I've got Chris Hutchison with me. Hello, Chris. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, we thought it would be good as, as a church, we're going through this uh, process of um, thinking through our building project and voting on that decision, which has some significant financial implications for us as a fellowship. Um, and so Chris and I thought we'd just discuss some of those. But before we do, Chris, uh, just just so um, everyone's up to speed, just tell us how long you've been our treasurer. Well, I'm in my third year. Uh, sometimes it feels more like my 30th, but it has been a only three years since I took over from Trevor, who, who did a fantastic job as treasurer for, mm. goodness me, 20, 30 years, a, a very long time. Mm. And yeah, I, was, uh, I, took, I took over just two and a half years ago now. Mm. And before that, were you just happily retired? What were you up to? Well, I was, I was certainly happily retired. I was fortunate enough to be able to, to retire in uh, 2016. I've been in Lloyds Bank for ooh, 34 years, I guess, and most of the last 20 years have been involved in corporate credit risk. And I retired, and then with almost unseemly haste, uh, I remember Paul and, and you, for that matter, and others, <laughs> you know, coming to me and saying, you know, uh, would you be interested in being treasurer? And I thought it was a way of serving that uh, that well suited my background. And lo and behold, I was uh, nominated, voted upon, elected, and, and now here I am. There we are. And there we go. It's, uh, it, it's, it's been a, well, I was going to say a roller coaster ride, but it's not really. It, it's, it's been a privilege to be able to serve in this way and, and find a way in which my, my work skills can continue to be used, really. Mm -hmm. Now, in, in, in years gone past, the role of a treasurer would have been, you know, counting up the collection and taking it to the bank. But what is the role of the modern church treasurer? Well, I think there are three components to it. And the first is, is the traditional one. It's, it's recording the money we've received, recording the payments we make, balancing the books. So very much a recording activity. The second strand is very much about reporting. So as most people know, I produced a report every three months that goes out to all the members showing our income and our expenditure and a bit of a breakdown on that. And, and for the leadership team, as you'll know, Clover, I do uh, a report each month that just gives us a, a view of where we are. And then at the end of the year, I prepare the annual accounts and various other reports that need to be submitted on behalf of Whitcomb as a charity. And the third bit, and in some respects, the most interesting bit is the planning and forecasting. So as you know as well, we, we set a budget each year, not just for mission support, but for other aspects of our activity, say for maintenance of the building, the you know, expenditure on IT, AV kit, you know, putting something aside for the occasional larger purchase like chairs or dishwashers. And then trying to to monitor that plan as the year unfolds and obviously this year has been more challenging than most because you now we get three months into the year and a major impact of covid and we've had to look at our plan and and forecast where we where we might end up and just think through some of those issues as well so record report plan a uh, three pillars to it really mm. and it's uh yeah it, it's uh no plenty to keep me busy really <laughs> 
Now, in a second, we'll, we'll we'll turn to the to the issue of the of the building project. But before we do, Chris, um, what do you find are the, the biggest challenges of the role, and how can we pray for you as our treasurer? Yeah, I mean, I guess there are there are a number of things. There are there are practical issues. I, I say Trevor had served very faithfully in this role for a long time, and I took over the the Excel spreadsheets that he'd used and, and did some development of those so that we could produce our, our annual accounts uh, straight out of that so there's the the development challenge i've learned new excel skills that i never had time to develop when i was at work uh, the production of the annual accounts is is quite a challenge i'm not by training an accountant i've done some accountancy uh, the first year i did them my, my, I didn't get the best of marks from our external auditor, which was basically told do them again, <laughs> uh, which I did and, and got a better mark second time. So that's been, been a challenge. I think, I mean, many people might think that as you introduce the treasurer role of, you know, you can a collection and you, you, you pay the checks. Mm. And there is a lot more to it than that. There is a, a considerable volume of work that goes on uh, that isn't immediately seen. And the, and the building is obviously a challenge and we'll come to that. Mm. But I guess you know, perhaps the overarching thing is, is you know, just striking that balance between you know, we are a faith-based business, for want mm. of a better description. You know, we go forward in faith mm. uh, that the Lord will provide for the, the work he's called us to do. Mm. But equally, we need to have some business responsibilities you and I and others are trustees. We have legal obligations that we have to fulfil around prudence and wise stewardship. And sometimes there can be a be a challenge around those two. So really just praying for wisdom would be the overarching thing. I've been reading recently in, in, in Kings about Solomon and you know, he was offered all sorts of uh, riches and power and influence and, and he prayed for wisdom. And I think that's an important thing in my role in particular to pray for that, that I act wisely in the, the council I bring to the other leaders and to the members of the church and remember that as I, I deal with, with our very secular affairs, but, but deal with it in a, in a wise manner. Mm, mm, mm. No, that's really helpful, Chris. Now, if, if we, if we move on at this point to the building project now at the moment, we, we had our church meeting last week where we went over where we stand, the financials, the current proposal, timescales, impact, and, and so forth were discussed. But there's a recognition, you know, we're currently voting on this, we're making the decision, but some of the numbers um, for many of us, particularly if we've worked outside uh, the financial arena, seem pretty challenging. And so we thought it would be good to just go into that in a bit more detail, just maybe answer further questions that people have or, or just go over things to make things a little clearer. So as we start, Chris, can you, you just tell us where we are on the building from a financial point of view? Yeah, sure. So just to reiterate the headline numbers, we have a deg strong degree of confidence that the cost of the project is going to be around £825,000. We've got uh, 600,000 and that comes primarily from the gifts that the Lord has enabled his people to to pledge and fulfill and very many of those pledges have indeed been fulfilled already and we were able to 
allocate some money from our general fund, about 60,000 towards the project, which was surplus that had been built up over previous years. Mm. So, you know, we've got a lot to be thankful for here. You know, well over 70% of the, the, the money we need has been provided by the Lord's people. Mm. And, you know, that's a great place to be. Mm. You know, not many secular projects would be able to put down a 70% deposit. And that's in effect what we're doing. And that's really good news. And we should be very encouraged by that. And what really encourages me as well is that between last Wednesday, the AGM, and indeed Thursday morning, I received messages from, from people that led to you know, another £25,000 of pledges. So I think when I spoke on Wednesday, I said we needed 250000 Now we only need 225000 So... Oh, the Lord has been good. He's enabling his people to, to support this. Clearly, we won't be taking many more practical steps forward until the, the vote has been returned and we have a mandate to proceed. But, you know, we're, we're seeing blessings just in these last few days. So we need 225,000 to, uh, to, to, to move forward. Hmm. Now, the, the project itself, the building doesn't take years and years and years to do it it's you know it's a matter of kind of half a year or, or thereabouts and therefore the money we need is 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 spent within within that period isn't it so we we, we, is, need, yeah, to, yeah. we need to make sure that we've got we need all the money uh by the time we complete the work obviously to pay the people who are doing it for us which leaves us with um, that deficit of um, two hundred twenty-five thousand. Now, how how do you feel about how we approach that? <clears throat> Both showing faith, as you already said, we are a faith community. We we serve the Lord. We step out in faith. We we should do that in lots of different ways. Um, but also, we need to be practical. If we if we're going to borrow uh, that money mm. uh, in order to enable us to complete the project, we need an actual plan which we can show to the person or institution we're borrowing from, don't we? Well, that's right. And, you know, there is a, there is a, a tension here. Uh, you know, we have an obligation as, as trustees and as leaders of the church to ensure we have a way to pay. Uh, we need to have a plan, a backstop, for want of a better description, and when the, the builder sit, when our chosen builder, assuming we, we move forward to signing a contract with a builder, you know, they may well say to us, you know, you're a church. How, what is it that gives us confidence that, that you're going to be able to pay us on time? Mm. And you know, we need to be able to show that we have a, a way of doing that. And that's not an unreasonable thing for somebody to ask us. Whatever plan we have, there is an element of faith in it because you know, we're not going to have necessarily all the money in the bank, whether it's a bank loan or the fulfillment of pledges when we start. So we need to have that plan. I think it's it's faith with a plan. Uh, it's faith that we're stepping out in the in the direction the Lord will take us, but a practical plan that enables us to fulfill the Lord's ambition. Mm. You know, I think um no, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure, but mm. when when Paul set off on his his uh his uh mission journeys across now, Eastern Europe, uh, often he had a plan. Sometimes the Lord prompted him in different directions. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with us 
having a plan and we need to develop that but do so depending on the lord laying those plans before the lord and seeking his guidance and it might be ultimately that the final things we do are, are slightly different than we originally planned but we need to go into it with with some kind of plan otherwise we just won't be able to to secure third-party loans to be blunt about it mm. and i think i mean it's a good point you make about the you know the, the builders themselves are people with businesses their staff have families and so forth they they, they obviously want to ensure they're going to be paid for the work that they well, quite. do um, and as yes, yes. acting honourably, we would want them to have confidence that that would happen. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we do have we have legal responsibilities as trustees to mm. to act in a prudent and, and wise manner and not enter into contracts that we you know, we see no way of fulfilling. So it you know, we need to step out in faith, but have a plan as to how you know, we will we will walk up walk up walk on basically yeah yeah so can you just uh refresh us um in, in short compass as to what the current proposal is about how we we bridge and then uh deal with that that gap in what we have and what we need yeah sure so um before i kind of dive into a bit more detail i just wanted to reiterate something that i said last wednesday night which is I'm very aware and all the leadership I know are very aware that you know, we're living through very uncertain times with the coronavirus pandemic. You know, there may be many people listening to this who have lost some income, you know, mm. worried about a job, worried about future income and employment, maybe on furlough, maybe you know, some savings taken a battering and so on. So I don't think it's wrong to be concerned. We know the Lord is in control, but day by day people will have concerns so i don't want people to feel pressured or under obligation what i am asking i'm sure we're all agreed in is first of all for people to to bring this matter before the lord in their prayers in, in home groups in their families you know, personally uh, as to as to how we as a congregation of believers can progress the lord's work in in Whitcomb. so in more practical ways there are three things that we're laying before the, the congregation, the membership, uh, after the voting process is included. And this will all be covered in a, in a letter, and a, a pack of information that we'll share in due course, but very briefly, you know, three things. The first is we'll be reminding people that if they've made a pledge thus far, please could they fulfill it by the end of the year, which is in line with the original timescale we gave. We're also saying in our letter, uh, if you have a problem with that, please do get in touch with me in confidence. You know, between me and me and the, the person who's made a pledge, nobody else knows, knows detail apart from me. The second thing is that we will be inviting people to make an additional pledge or pledge for the first time, perhaps if they're, they're new to Whitcomb or, or previously didn't feel able to, to, to make a gift. And what we'll be saying here is that uh, recognising we live in, in difficult and uncertain times, uh, if you make a pledge now, there's no requirement, obligation to fulfil that in the short term. We're likely to say, you know, make a pledge now and fulfil it sometime over the next five years. 
which will serve two purposes. The first will be that you know, gifts received in the, in the shorter term, medium term, will enable us to ultimately borrow less from the bank if we do end up with an amount we need to borrow. And secondly, you no know, gifts given two, three, four years down the line would go to repay that loan more quickly. So an opportunity to, to give for the first time or again, but an opportunity to not fulfill that until maybe things are a little bit more certain and, and people are uh, uh, more secure in their employment. So we'd ask people to consider that prayerfully. And the third thing, and we mentioned this very briefly last uh, Wednesday night, is you know, there may be some who feel they could, could make an interest-free loan to Whitcomb. And if there are people who are listening to this who would like to discuss that with me or receive the, the letter in due course, then please do just pick up the phone or drop me an email in confidence. Only I would ever know. Uh, the only thing I would say is, is it would be a loan over a longer term because clearly we need to be able to repay and we, we probably wouldn't be able to repay very large amounts in a very short term. But if people felt able to, to lend, uh, please do get in touch with me and we can have a conversation. So fulfilling pledges, uh, considering whether you can make an additional pledge or a new pledge for the first time to be fulfilled over the longer term. And maybe for some, speak to me about interest-free loans. So a variety of ways in which people can support and, and will ultimately put together that, that, uh, that package of support. Now, something has also been mentioned called the Bicentennial Appeal. Can you just outline what that is and how it fits in with, with funding the project? Yeah, sure. So we've, again, we mentioned this briefly the other night. So it's 200 years this year since the foundation stone of Whitcomb was, was laid and the construction took place in the year 1820-21. So it had been our original plan as leaders to, to celebrate in many ways and mark uh, the Lord's goodness to us over 200 years in the year uh, 2020-2021. Now, that now looks like we're not going to be able to do that in the way we originally planned, but it also looks like we may be opening a new extended premises in that time. And so we thought it would be a good opportunity to, to, to give thanks to the Lord for his provision to Whitcomb, the community at Whitcomb, over 200 years. And rather than having an event with a thank offering, which was the way we originally or something we originally thought about was well why not invite people to participate in a in a specific appeal and we call it bicentenary appeal or Whitcomb 200 and the idea here would be that people give gifts in small amounts for five years and start in January 2021 so give five pounds a month for five years start in 2021 if 200 people do that, we'd raise £10,000 a month with gift aid, £12,500 a month, a year rather, not 10000 a month, 10000 a year. So raise 10000 a year in that way. And we will, again, write out with more information about this. But the idea would be that uh, maybe, maybe students who've been part of Whitcomb for a couple of years and now moving on to the next stage of their lives might they think well we've had great time at Whitcomb we've been blessed by the Lord here you know 
what's five pounds a month? It's two cups of coffee. Uh, you know, set up a standing order. Hey, uh, move on to other things. No, everyone can join in. We're not looking for kind of extravagant big gifts. We're looking to really engage as a fellowship, the widest fellowship here of people associated with Whitcomb who would feel able to support this. And and we would we would use this money really for two purposes in my mind. The first is yes, it will help us to 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 repay any borrowing more quickly. But more importantly, it'll help us to accelerate the ministries that the new building presents. Uh, there will be things that we can do with our new building to evangelize the community, to you know, run more groups, to uh, have more outreach. And uh, having a little bit of extra money that comes through a celebration and Thanksgiving of our 200th anniversary will really enable us to to kickstart and maintain these ministries. And it's a tangible way of thanking the Lord for his goodness. Mm. So, yeah, we're calling it Whitcomb 200. The principle is, may gifts of units of five pounds a month for five years, may, lots of little gifts will make a difference and everyone can be involved. You know, maybe youngsters, maybe people who don't feel able to 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 make a pledge to the building uh maybe people who feel you know, they could just you know be grateful for the support they've had from Whitcomb during the the coronavirus pandemic perhaps you know who knows uh so it's very much a thanksgiving and celebration in addition to the the more specific building activities yes and i mean the building itself has has grown organically as as these things has happened over that 200 years as the congregation has has added to the building gifts have been given and so on and and all of those have contributed to the ministry we're currently able to do and you know lord willing in years to come if if the lord doesn't return the building that we do now will be used by you know new folk brothers and sisters in the lord that we might not yet know or even imagine um the ministries they would do but will be used for the lord's glory for many years to come well, that's right. And I'm sure that when in the Lord's plan, which we don't necessarily know, you know, when when the building is completed, there will be things that we as a leadership team will say, you know, the Lord's calling us to do this work, that work. And and the bicentenary appeal is very much in my mind about a way of enabling us to to do some new things that perhaps we might struggle to do financially if if we don't you know raise some extra funds this way. So it's very much about a uh, strengthening the the gospel in our in our community that's how i see it no very much so and so just as we we wrap this up chris what are what are the very next steps um we we've obviously got you know the vote confirmation from from the members that they agree that this is the way to proceed and then what's the very next thing to come well the next thing on on this will be we will send out a, a letter uh with with some more information on the things we've discussed today and that'll come out i'd hope middle late next week and what i'll be asking you and others on the leadership team to do is is uh, add a bit of color to to that message in groups that you may attend and uh, if there are any questions people can come directly to me as well but mm. uh, a communication 
around the the the, the financial steps later next week will be my plan. I say it would be great if I could stand at church and and give a presentation and talk through the the the, the things in you know, face to face, but that's not going to be practical. So it will be a fairly lengthy lengthy note with some bits and pieces with it. But please do everyone who's listening to this when they get that message, you know, please do do read, consider prayerfully, and you know, act accordingly. No, that's been really helpful, Chris. Uh, thank you. And I think that's, yeah, that's hopefully uh, much clearer to people as to, to, to where we're going with this and, and the thinking that lies behind uh, the proposal. So thank you for your time on this, Chris. And just to remind everyone, uh, if you've forgotten, rewind and listen again. But uh, let's be praying for our treasurer and indeed our other deacons in the roles that they do for us as we serve the Lord together as a church family. Uh, thanks for your time, Chris. No, well, thank you.